This episode of Butcher's Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right. You may have noticed that we have a little bit more advertising than usual on the show. That's because... We've been doing this show for a long time, and we decided to get some advertising. Do you don't want to hear ads, you say? Go to patreon.com slash breakaway today to not hear ads on any of our episodes. Wow, what a fantastic thing. You can also support this podcast, get access to BSBOTs and Discord for the price of a cup of coffee. Wow, great sales job, Ryan. You're a great guy. Thank you, random listener. Okay, uh, Niels Lundquist has retra- requested a trade. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about JT Miller. Our friend Jeff comes on to talk about... The Devil season, a team I really don't understand. So he explains that a little bit, and that's the whole show. Hope you're having a, I hope you had rather a wonderful Labor Day weekend and are ready and refreshed for the long dark until the holiday. And also, um, hockey season starts next week. Camps are open. Get excited. Here we go. Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Bushwick Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. On Labor Day, we are, we are working to celebrate the, ho- the holiday itself. Greg, say hello. I am so fucking tired of the Atlanta Braves, let me tell you. Yeah, are I, they, they're still around, huh? I fucking hate them. It, they're just, <laughs> they're fucking douchebag pieces of shits. Right? Wow, really oh. nice to say about them. Um, you know what? I'll go one step further. They're fucking racist. I see you doing <laughs> job. Yeah, you've made that point a couple times in the show, Yeah. to be honest with you. Uh, where else to start? I mean, a lot has happened. NHL, uh, I mean, training camps open on Sunday. Wow. The NFL that starts this week. Man United, back in action. And Donovan Mitchell, a Cav. But the number one story in our lives? Niels Lundqvist has re- requested a trade from the New York Rangers, allegedly, according to Larry Brooks. Where do we stand? Uh, we stand that he did this in February. Yeah, that's Didn't where we, we do stand. In February? Yeah, I know. Like, it, <laughs> I know it, it's so funny going back into our little insider group chat on our Discord, which you can access through yeah, yeah, Patreon.com. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, you. we had it in February, man. Like, it's, But it's... So this is where I've stood. Uh, we're not... I mean, it is where I stood. It's now where I stand as well. I think there are a lot of facets that you and I need to break this down in terms of the greater impact. I, d- I think the easiest one, Ryan, is, and I'll pose it as a question to you. Do you think this is reflecting badly on the New York Rangers as an organization? I thought about this a lot, and I'm really glad you asked this. Um, because I do think the Rangers in general have botched uh, multiple relationships with players over, since we've started this podcast. Leah Anderson being one. We still don't know the story of what happened with Leah Anderson. I'd assume we'll never know the story. Um, there was some mental health part of it. We don't really know what happened. He got traded to a team where his dad is one of the executives. Okay, cool. Uh, Kraftsoff goes back to Russia. All right. There's been some stories with Buchnevich before. Uh, and obviously he gets traded. Kako has had some things to say in, in only Finnish media. So I do think there is... It does reflect poorly in some ways on the New York Rangers. I don't think it reflects as poorly as some people on the internet make it out to be. As like, I, I don't think it's a dire situation. I think Chris Drury, by the way, has done right by replacing almost literally everybody within the organization. One person he has replaced is Jed Ortmeyer, who is the, the player development uh, person who I think follows both of us on Twitter, funnily sure. enough. And uh, a legendary Ranger, of course, but... The coaching, the scouting, it's all been replaced. So I do think Chris Drury is working on putting a new scouting team into place, putting new relationship management into place. But also, I mean, I kind of see Neil's side here. He's locked out of the lineup. He thinks he's an NHL player now. He's trying to find a way to play power play time on a team. On this team, he'd have no shot to play power play time ever. Uh, I can't think... if. First of all, even if he's running power play two, congratulations on your 22 seconds of running power play two. And on top of that, uh, he's never going to be a number one defenseman. Adam Fox is here. He's never going to be better than him. That's just a fact. Uh, Even without knowing his development, he's probably not going to be out Jacob Truba. That's not happening, Uh, especially because Jacob Truba is still on contract for five more years, is a captain, etc. And Schneider's already there on the right side. Could Niels move to the left? Yes, of course. He could. Rangers don't like to do that. But to get back full circle to your question here, Greg, I think it reflects poorly on the Rangers in, in a slight light, but I also see where Niels is coming from. I don't think it's a total disaster. 
for the Rangers, but it is a disaster. It reflects badly on them with relationship managing, but it, it's actually a disaster on asset management is the real thing. Yeah, I, I want to get back to the asset management because that's going to be the biggest scab we need to pick here. But I do think there's a myth we need to bust before we go further, which is that Niels Lundqvist wasn't bad last year. I think it's important for us to remember he was stapled to Patrick Nemeth, who objectively was. Niels got about 40 games with the Rangers. His underlying numbers are a lot better than I think people give him credit for having. And to your point, he was a guy that he showed flashes on the second power play, but those flashes are literal lightning because the Rangers just, it, it, it's a conversation we've had multiple times, right? When you, oh my God, I'm not doing uh, this. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, it's okay. Keep it's, going. It's, it's a conversation we've had multiple times where if your first power play has guys like Adam Fox, Mika Zibanejad, Artemi Panarin, blah, 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 blah. Chris Kreider, why would you ever try to play different people than those four plus Strom on a power play advantage? You wouldn't. It doesn't make any sense. That That part is true. So Lundqvist isn't going to get, and the Lafreniers and the Kakos and blah, blah, blah of the world aren't going to get as much time on power play one because your power play one is great as is, and you want to give them as much time as possible. However, Lundqvist, it wasn't that he wowed. He definitely didn't. I think he did about as well as you could have expected given his partner was bad and given that he wasn't going to get the dynamic playing time he was getting in Sweden or even getting in Hartford for that matter. Um, just just so a quick point Braden, before you go on real quick. It's not sure. like he went back down to Hartford and ripped it up. He's not no, like, but it's also not like he went down and stunk. Correct. So, Him and Zach Jones were exactly almost the same player. Right. Which is, again, we're going to get into the asset discussion of this because bringing up Zach Jones is a point you and I are going to harp here. Um, and it's, I don't think it's that Braden Schneider played better than Lundqvist. Braden Schneider played a different game than Lundqvist offers that Gallant was looking for. And I think that is the perfect pivot point to the conversation we need to have, which this is just embarrassing asset management once again. And this, I, I, we, we really haven't had a ton of complaints about Chris Drury. I don't think so. I think we've been critical in some areas, but we've given him credit where credit is due. His asset management with some of these kids is beyond deplorable. It, it, it's terrible. I mean, because, you know, he gets it from Gorton, too. Gorton had plenty of chances to trade Niels Lundqvist. It was there. It was, it was available. I, that's an interesting conversation because if Gorton was still here, Quinn would have been the would have been the coach. And is Lundqvist more of a Quinn guy? I We've seen D'Angelo succeed. We've seen Fox succeed. That's fair. We've seen Lundqvist-like players succeed under David Quinn. So if Quinn is your coach, is the Lundqvist usage extremely different? It could be. We don't know. It's a hypothetical you can't answer thoroughly. But what we do know is this, and we said this last week, which is incredible timing. The Rangers will not get a first-round pick for Niels Lundqvist. They cannot afford to get a middle six NHL roster player right now for Niels Lundqvist. So your best-case scenario in the Niels Lundqvist trade presently is – to trade him for another out-of-favor prospect on some other team or a broken prospect on some other team. But the problem is Lundqvist himself isn't really an out-of-favor or broken prospect. Nothing wrong with it's him. Just, Ranked like in the top 100 of under-23s of Corey Promen's list, of which we discussed last week. Right. The only thing wrong with Niels Lundqvist is he's on the New York Rangers and he doesn't have room. Good problem to have if you're the New York Rangers, by the way. But this is why you and I, whenever we would talk... Eichel specifically last summer, we would put Niels Lundqvist at the front of the conversation, but it goes beyond that. It's you, the the level of his prospect status was never going to be higher than it was last year. He was That's a top, a top like 30, 40 asset last year. The only way his prospect status would have gotten higher from year to year is if he proved to be better than an NHL regular this year, lower last, last year. So in other words, the only way his trade value could have gotten higher is if it could have gotten more unrealistic to trade him. So you had an opportunity that you could have moved him at the peak of his value during a time in which you had ample salary cap space, during a time in which you had actual needs on your roster, and during time at which 
you needed to make big organizational decisions in terms of what you wanted to do long term. Those were all questions the New York Rangers were trying to answer last summer. And they decided that Niels Lundqvist was going to be part of the solution, which is a fine decision to make. But the problem is you you just can't renege on that decision this quickly, especially considering what we just said. You can't trade him for a roster player. You can't trade him for a first-round pick. And you're going to lose if you're trading him for some other team's unwanted prospect. You're, you are now not going to win the Niels Lundqvist trade. There is a 0% chance. I guess not zero, but as close to zero as you can get. You and I will come on a podcast in three weeks when Niels Lundqvist is finally traded, and we will say the New York Rangers didn't do enough in the Niels Lundqvist package. It's a conversation we're going to have. I already know it. You already know it. Everybody listening to this already knows it. it it's super frustrating that the Rangers once again have seemingly backed themselves into a corner with a young player where they, they're just, they're fucked. Not, not fucked, but stuck. And it's stuck and at a disadvantage it, because one thing that yeah. I think you and I have harped on over the past couple, this has been an interesting off season for us in particular, because usually we have topics to really harp on and there are updates like Eichel was a big one, obviously last year. And then it was like the development of Kako Lafreniere that those gave us the summer content this year. It's kind of been like, all right, windows open, let's go to work. But one thing that's really stuck home for us, or at least for me personally, was defensive depth options. Oh, and, sure. And buddies at home listening to this, if you trade Niels Lundqvist, and I know I've mentioned Matthew Roberts on this podcast before, but ring the bell there, Gregory, but he's the only option. Right. If, if someone gets hurt, it's Tenority and Matthew Robertson, and that's who you're calling up. That's it. Yeah, I, I think that's the point that gets shooed away a little too quickly in this entire thing where one of – it was going to be unfortunate that one of Jones and Lundquist was going to have to start in Hartford. Good problem to have. We all admit that. At the same time, this is a team that carries guys like Ryan Lindgren uh, who find themselves in front of bulldozers more often than not. Fox so missed two, last, is, two weeks last year. That just happens. Yeah, People get injured. On a, I think on an average year you expect to use, what, 9, 10 – defensemen it's like starting pitchers for a certain extent yeah it's nice if you have five but even good teams are using nine different guys to start baseball games and that's a really fortunate baseball team through the course of the season you're going to use more than the six defensemen what's different about that greg is teams don't have the salary cap and i know baseball is cheap so you can get you could just pick up minimum guys and they can play on your team the rangers have no money to add anything period like maybe no. they, maybe they can add no, a defenseman at the deadline, and that's about but it. That, but yeah, that's the point we're really trying to harp. We're not even trying to say, listen, if the Rangers lose someone in their top five defense for more than two weeks at a time, they would have been in trouble if Nils Lundqvist was still here. Just because you're taking a proven guy out and you're putting an unproven guy in, and you're mixing up how everyone operates. But what we're talking about are the simple day-to-day injuries that happen all the fucking time. And when you have someone like Niels Lundqvist and Matthew Robertson, two guys in your minors, you can kind of plug and play, pick and choose. But you're literally two day-to-day injuries away from not having a choice about putting Tenorti or Hayek in. If if Gallant was going to put one of those guys in anyway, cool, great. Would have, it's going to make for great podcast content because they're going to be stark raving bad. We're going to be upset individuals. But now... I don't think people realize that the Rangers aren't going to have a choice. It'll be if Jones or if Joe, and not just that you're not giving Zach Jones, any kind of safety net. Now Zach Jones is going to have to slot in on day one and be re- good enough. I'm not even asking him to be really good. Good enough. He's going to have to be a competent bottom pairing defenseman from the word jump. He will have to be good because if he's not, then Matthew Robertson is going to have to be good. And if they're both not good, congratulations. You're stuck playing a not good player in your six defensive um, lineup decisions because you're, if those two guys don't live up to expectations, it's Lieber Hayek, it's Jared Tenorti. 
and we don't have expectations for those guys because they are not good. In the year of our Lord 2022, I cannot believe I have to sit here and tell you that we're still experimenting with Lieber Hayek, and there's a good chance he is the defensive backup option. Like, legitimately. Yeah. And I'll, 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 it's incredible. This is, it, this is a, it's a catch-22, right? Fuck you. Because it's it's a good problem. It's a good problem to have when you have too many young defensemen where yeah. we're sitting here saying at least one of Zach Jones and Neil Lundquist will not be on the opening night roster. That's 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 a way to say it's a good problem. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's a bad problem to have because we're saying the New York Rangers are really a couple struggling weeks away from young players not living up to the snuff where they're going to have to play below replacement defensemen. These are, it's both a problem a good organization has and a problem a good organization doesn't have. And it's mostly because the Rangers, the relationship management didn't pass the sniff test. It's it's really that. Whatever Chris Jury thought he could do to sell uh, Lundquist on not necessarily being an opening night guy, he said, fuck that. And I can't blame him for it because if you're Niels Lundquist, you're not going to get power play two time. You're not going to get anything outside of bottom pairing minutes. And there's a better than 50% chance you're not even going to start the season in the bottom six. Oh, by the way, you have a contract coming up where you're going to have to ask this organization that is clearly not valuing you that much to then pay you what you think you are worth. You already know how that conversation is going to go. So Lundquist wants to get ahead of it. I do not blame the player one bit in this. I... It, I can't blame Chris Jury for hanging on to him, but it's it's also we saw this coming. We did. It, if you weren't going to give Lundqvist the run last year, you had to trade him at the deadline because we knew we knew the Rangers were going to be in this kind of salary crunch now. Which means these fantastical trade packages that people think the Rangers can just shit out at any given moment. They, they don't exist. This team doesn't have the money. Not only that, they don't want to have the money. They specifically don't want to spend another dime on this roster until we get to March. They have no interest. This is it. They're not bringing in players. They brought Jimmy Vc in on a PTO. Cool. If he makes the roster, it just means one other person making the same amount of money is going to Hartford. Great. It's just it, – it's – if we can see this coming, you and I, if we can see this coming, an organization that's paying these guys hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars to make these decisions, they had to have seen it coming too. And they once again did not live up to the moment. It's, 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 a, it's, he didn't fail the midterm or the final, but he did fail a random test in October. Like that's, that's how I grade Chris Drury on this one. Is he going to fail the class? No. But is it that much harder for him to get a it's really It's also start? not a surprise, dude. Like, not the story kind of came out last February. We, you know, I can't believe sometimes I actually get scoops, but I do. And then, like, pretty much confirmed it. It's like, hey, he's not going to play again. Great. Awesome. And then all of a sudden, uh, it's like, hey, Chris, Chris Drury thinks uh, Niels Wonkus wants to trade. Going to trade him, try, try and get him for a top nine center. Like, dude, you kind of knew this for a year. This is not a surprise. There's nothing. I'm sure Niels Lundqvist has been offered to other teams, but to not get a deal done, and maybe that's because Chris Drury, as you and I have seen, is very patient, patient to a fault, and maybe it'll play out. Like, hey, let's give Chris Drury some credit. He didn't do this with Georgiev, and he got three picks for him. I don't know how the fuck he did that. So if he can... Yeah, I do, but I do think there's a big difference between patient and stubborn. And I think what we're learning with Drury, it's more, I would say more stubbornness than true patience where there are deals he could make where maybe he doesn't feel like he's getting 85 cents on the dollar and he's just going to tell teams to fuck off. You'll meet my price or no price at all. And he's, he's almost operating as if these guys are assets and not people to a certain extent, like we would do or like any Monday morning quarterback would do. And it doesn't, it's just not how the business of sports works really. When you think about it, it works in some other leagues, but like we talk all the time about how stupid the NHL is, and this is just another example of them being dumb. I just – the people that ask, well, why didn't they trade him at the draft? Because he didn't get an offer he liked. Whatever that offer was, I don't know. 
Why didn't you trade him at the deadline? I really think he didn't want to trade him at the deadline because Braden Schneider needed a security blanket. And while we were all, while the management was certain that Schneider was their guy, they didn't want to cut themselves short and have that decision. Would Niels Lundqvist have saved the Rangers one of those conditional, like would the Rangers have been able not to give up a conditional first for Andrew Kopp? Maybe. Would that have helped the New York Rangers? Maybe. They would have had to stick the landing on the draft pick. I don't I don't know. It's just we knew this was there. When you have this many young defensemen and this many talented defensemen, good problem to have, but you have to move some of them before this exact scenario happens. Because at some point, all those good young defensemen become too many young defensemen. And it seems like the Rangers once again allowed it to become too many young defensemen. Totally unfortunate, uh, and we'll see. I, I think this might get drawn out. I, I know that Niels is is not threatening, but just saying he's not going to report to camp without a new deal. Uh, Niels didn't have to sign that contract last year. It was a two-year extension. He could have been a free agent this year. Uh, strange he did sign it then if he knew he wanted to leave. I guess he thought he might get a chance to win a spot, and then they, he just fell out of favor, unfortunately. Then... But I, I'll, I'll say this. I do think Lundqvist has all the leverage because his, his trade value is not going to change He's essentially now it sounds like Zach Jones. It's his spot. And we will be surprised if it's not Zach Jones. Lundquist, if he doesn't get traded before camp, he can come to camp. He can try to win the job. If he doesn't win the job, he can just say, fuck off and go home. Yeah. There's, there's no benefit for, I don't think Lundquist's trade value in the eyes of other teams is going to go up if he goes down to Hartford. So if, if, if he feels like he doesn't have to do anything between playing in the AHL or sitting at home for his trade value to change, he's just going to sit at home. And if you're the New York Rangers, why exactly are you playing a guy that you want to trade that could potentially then get injured and you'll be unable to trade? I understand you'll want him in case someone on your big league roster gets hurt, but now you're, you're playing a game of chicken with a guy that you have said apparently or at least agreed to the notion that he's not good enough to be part of your long-term plans. So I don't know what benefit you have of just allowing him to play more to potentially get hurt. They're, they're in a rock and hard place type situation. It's unfortunate. Uh, I'm also very confident, by the way, like say Niels goes to Seattle. I'm sure he'll play top four minutes. I'm sure he'll look good on the power play. And all I ask Ranger fans is to remember the re- like, we got Adam Fox. We're fine. You're not going to miss Niels Lundqvist. This, again, is the conversation we were having last summer and was the whole reason why you need to sometimes you need to sometimes trade the asset when its value is at the highest, even if you like the asset. You just have to realize that Lundqvist, the scenario in which he was playing top four minutes for the New York Rangers, only involved injuries and severe underperformance. And if that's the case, you have to strike while the iron's hot. It's ridiculous that we've gotten to this point. Ridiculous. Let's get to JT Miller. I know we're, uh, our friend Jeff's coming on soon, right? Or is he coming on at 3.30 or no? I told him I texted him when we're ready Sweet. for him. All right, let's keep going then. Uh, JT Miller signed a extension with the Vancouver Canucks, a team that uh, he was playing with before. He put up 100 points. Seven years, $8 million a year. Very similar to the Mika Zabinajad contract. Uh... He was a rumored title for a rumored trade for the Rangers all last year. He's going to be a Canuck for the next at least four or five years, right? So, um, I I will say he was rumored to be a Ranger all of last year, and every time his name would pop up, you and I would come on this year's show and say, this rumor doesn't make any sense. Don't understand why this rumor is out there. It's not going to happen. How many – was there a sentence we said more on Blue Shirts Breakaway over the last six months besides I don't – see how a JT Miller's trade makes sense. And this is just insiders saying names that are available connected to the New York range. Uh, Gallant as a liar is the only one I think was That's more. It. That was the one. Right. Mm-hmm. After that, listen, I, 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 JT Miller's a great player. I never thought it was happening. It didn't make financial sense. It didn't make, uh, I mean, obviously it made team sense because they needed a center, a center that could create and score like JT Miller. But every other scenario just didn't seem like seem like it was going to get it done. I mean, let's 
theoretically, if they gave him like two first crafts off and meals, like, okay, meals, that's good. That's great. That's awesome. But it was for a rental. It was for a rental. And that was it. So the, the Islanders are actually the team that got closer to getting JT Miller. They, they backed out. They lost out. And Vancouver was like, fuck it. We'll sign him for seven years. Congratulations. Uh, and that's where they, that's where they land and sit. So ha- congratulations to JT Miller, a player that actually developed as a first round pick from the New York Rangers and uh, got a big bag. So that's all, all you can really say. I mean, they're out on him now. So now all you're going to see is Patrick Kane stuff from now till uh, forever, I guess. I don't, I still don't get that either. I don't think it happens as you know. Yeah. I, I'm not going to spend a lot of yep. time talking about cool. Patrick Kane, especially to. since there's zero, 0.0% chance they could trade for him before March. Yeah. In March. If you, if you want to, if we want to talk about this in February, we'll talk about it. In, in February, February, he could be like, I only want to go to the Rangers, and that's it. That's the, that's probably the only way it happens. That's it. Yeah. And guess what? Niels Lundqvist will not be around in February for that for him to be part of that happy-go-lucky marriage. It just like, it wouldn't make any sense for Niels. It wouldn't make any sense for the Rangers. Man, the Niels stuff. It just frustrates. Few things in this world frustrate me more than when teams – just mishandle their own like good like young assets. talent young talent assets. yeah but it's it's just the math was so easy on Lundquist. there was no chance of him getting in the top four also and i, and I don't want to make a big deal about this but he's not a big kid he's really not he's he's quite he's the same small. size as adam fox though at there he is so but he's, he's smaller for sure he's not he weighs more <sighs> i've seen him he's small <laughs> that's fine but like he's bigger than adam fox fine so i I'm not going to size type anybody, but uh, that's kind of the point too. Gallant has a clear vision of who he wants playing in his bottom pairing. And Braden Schneider was always that guy. So if you are giving the reins over to a coach who is not going to use this player in a way that best accentuates his abilities and talents, why is the player here? I, how many times have we said we would, we wish we dream, we hope NHL coaches would mold their system to the roster and not the other way around. We are, we say it knowing it's not true, but GMs have the power to at least put his coach in the best position to use certain guys a certain way. And Drury had to know that Lundqvist just wasn't going to be the prototype that Gallant would want, and more so that the Rangers already had the guy that Gallant would want. So why are you just trying to, like, hope and dream your way to this relationship working and not selling him when his value was supernova. Insane. Want to do some five-star questions before we interview with Jeff? Let's do some five-star questions. What are the five-star questions? You can go to our Discord. You had to get your Discord. That's on Patreon. Patreon.com. Support the podcast. Give us a coffee, a beer, $5, etc. Okay, here we go. This is from David in New York. Uh, Niels is obviously on the block. Do the New York Rangers trade him for picks? He frees up 925K. What does that bake up by the deadline? Does he actually well, free up? Because it's, no, uh, exactly. No, because yeah, that money, that that nine hundred twenty-five is either him or Zach Jones. It's not going anywhere. One of them was going to be on the opening night roster. One of them was going to be in Hartford. So the Rangers aren't freeing up any cash with this trade request. Yeah, it's just a and, minor league guy that will not be paid by the minor league. Team. And look for the Rangers to 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 find an out of favor center from another team. That's where they're going to go. Not really surprised. Uh, yeah, I they'll take they'll take whatever prospect they feel is uh, underrepresented by another organization. But again, like the player the Rangers acquire will probably have reasons why he's not being utilized in a proper fashion or underperforming. Whereas Lundqvist, it's not that he's underperforming; it's just that the Rangers don't use, need him, and that's a real, real fucking bummer. From Zarkin, if the Rangers don't win a cup in the next few years, will Dolan fire Drury? If Dolan still owns the team, which I believe he will, he will fire Chris Drury by year four. But that's another podcast. You got another time. Um, David, Grilled Cheese fan. Given both were given big term contracts with full no movement clauses at the same age with almost the same cap hit, who would you rather have as your 1C, JT Miller or Mika Zabinajad? I think this is an interesting question because if you. If you asked me this, I think middle of last year, I, I I probably would have made a case for JT Miller despite my feelings about the player. But what Mika Zvinaja did in the playoffs and the way he handled himself as the playoffs went on, uh, I lean Mika, and I think it's actually not too close for me. Yeah, I, I even last year I would have said you're nuts if you took anyone but Mika. I think JT Miller's a good player. He's a solid player, but he's not like a 
fundamental foundational piece. I think Mika's a- game ages are way better than JT Miller's. Way better. And that's a big part of this. Yeah. It's, a, it's a long contract, guys. Hockey contracts are insane. Eight years is crazy in any sport. But hockey does it all the time. Uh, from Brentley. In the third period of... This is insane. In the third period of Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final, and Lundqvist is the Rangers' emergency backup, the Rangers are up by four goals, and Igor goes down for the rest of the game. How far are you going to go to also injure the backup so that Hank gets on the ice to win a cup as a Ranger? Holy shit. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm going to plead the fifth. Yeah, on this I, I one. can't say anything I say will be used against me. Yeah. Uh, sorry, that's it. Uh, this is from our good friend Fitz and recurring guest Fitz. Since you ignored this the last time, what are your thoughts on the Dante DiVincenzo signing to the Warriors? The rich get richer, Fitz. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, I think I think he's a fine, fine. Gary Payton Jr. replacement or Gary Payton the second. I don't understand the difference between juniors and the seconds. Is it that like seconds cooler? I think the second. Well, the second, I think technically it's like it's skipped a generation, so it's not your father's name. Oh, is that true? Is that right? I don't really understand. I don't know. I'm asking you. You're asking me about dads? (laughs) 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 I have no fucking idea. Uh, With that that being said, let's get to our dear friend Jeff. Let's transition over. Transition. Football fans, it's back. The first Sunday of the NFL season is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Here's how you do that. Well, actually, forget about how to do that. Here's an added bonus, because I love you that much. Added bonus for week one. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win, and if your team leads by 10 points at any point in the game, 10-0 in the first quarter, 20-10 to at halftime, 23-13 third quarter, you get it, that's math. 10 points at any point in the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team ends up losing. Here's, how, here's all you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code BLUESHIRTS, that's us, to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's promo code BLUESHIRTS, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado or New Hampshire. 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 888-777-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. Hey, we're back with our guest, uh, recurring guest, Jeff, who's uh, Mr. Belitsky, who's been on this show many, 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 many times. He's our devil correspondent. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing well, boys. How are you? Doing good. Looking forward to the season. Camp's open on Sunday. Um, and we're here to talk about your team, the Devils, mostly because I'm kind of confused. And that's, that's where I want to start. I think the Metro is pretty set with who the contenders are. I think maybe you'll maybe you'll agree or disagree. I'm very excited to hear uh, if you think Carolina, Pittsburgh, and, and the Rangers are kind of the top three in some way, shape, form, or order. But I do think the Devils can be frisky this year in a lot of ways. I think they've been kind of rebuilding, honestly, for the last you know 10 years at this point. But Jack Hughes signs an 8x8 that's probably going to be a, a steal of a contract. It seemed like a little bit of paying high at first, but, I mean, come on. The guy's the guy obviously shits on my lawn. He's pretty good. And you have a lot of other interesting pieces. You've made a lot of great ads. Dougie Hamilton, obviously, is, is a man of many museums. Some goaltending might go your way. Where where are you feeling where the Devils are this year? Are they legitimate Metro contenders to make the playoffs? Like How, how are the Devils fans feeling? I, I don't know. It feels like a team that could surprise me, and I, I'm a little worried. So I'll, I'll say that this summer is probably the most excited I've been for a Devils season since I've been a fan, which was probably around like the 2012 playoff run a little bit before then, but that's when it really solidified for me. So over these past like 10 years or so, 
I think that the upcoming season is brighter than any of the past ones over the past decade. Um, as far as being contenders or bubble playoff type situation, last year was such a shit show with all the goaltending that it's it's so highly dependent on that because we have a lot of question marks in goal at this point. But as far as the forwards and the defense go, I cannot be more confident in this team. And I, I think on paper, based on the roster, it should be in the playoffs. But if they don't get the goaltending that they need or if they shit the bed again, uh, it's going to be a long way. I think they have a lot of potential, but pretty much everything has to hit right. They don't have a lot of room for error. And I guess that means how competitive how competitive do you see the Devils being? And to piggyback off what Ryan was saying, is this a team that is threatening the top four this season in the Metro? In your I, eyes? I see them being very competitive. Obviously, I'm biased, but I definitely think that they, you know, looking at the way the division is shaping out, I think they're definitely a top four team. If you look at the, you know, the high caliber of players that they have, Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Jesper Brett, Dougie Hamilton. Um, I think that's a really good starting point for them. I think that top line, the top two lines can really hang with anybody in the NHL. I think that the the center depth that they've got, especially when you add in the Dawson Mercer who's playing on wing, can also play, you know, at center. Um, they had a lot of upgrades in the offseason. It seems like every move they made, um, they got better. Um, maybe we missed out on some of the big fish that we wanted in the offseason. But I think if you compare going into this season and what we looked like last year or the year before that, you know, this team is a lot stronger. It's a lot deeper. They have a lot more experience. It might not be in the playoffs. Um, but if I look at the years that those guys I named, Hughes, Heischer, Brat, all had last year, I mean, I could not be more excited to see them back out on the ice. So let's talk about Palat. Did you did you like that signing? It did feel like kind of like a lately lost out signing. And I don't know if it's like one of those paying for past performance contracts or not. I think all of those things are true at once. Um, you know, obviously, I think they would have rather spent that money or, you know, a little bit more on, you know, uh, Johnny Gaudreau. No shit. Or Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Yes. Um, it does feel like it was, you know, okay, we missed out on that. Let's see what the best thing we have available is. And that ended up being Palat. I think the contract is, you know, fair for the next few years. Six, six million is not a lot. Uh, it's a five-year contract, which is, you know, less than, say, a Vinny Trocek um, or a Barkley Goudreau. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Uh, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. Um, and if you look at his playoff resume, he's got, like, 40-something playoff career goals. Like, that's, at the end of the day, you know, analytics, hard stats, whatever you want to call it. Um, he's got that experience. He's performed on the biggest stage. He's a winner, uh, which not a lot of guys in this locker room are. He's a veteran, which not a lot of guys in this locker room are. And I think, you know, those attributes, plus, you know, he's a solid middle six player. I don't, I don't think anybody sees him as anything less. Um, obviously, probably wanted something a little better, but uh, I got to be happy with it. All the moves that Fitzgerald has made, I've pretty much agreed in lockstep with each one of them. This is kind of the, the first big one that I'm like, I don't know if we really needed to do that. Um, but if he's, if a plot's not there, I think it leaves a big hole in our offense, um, especially in the forward wing, de you know, department. Um, it was definitely a need for us. And I think, you know, we did pretty good considering the circumstances and what was available. Yeah. Uh, while we're talking about big organizational decisions, that leads us perfectly to Jesper Brett. And my question is very simple. Uh, what's up with that? Um, simple answer. It seems like his agent is a real pain in the ass. Uh, I can't really read the tea leaves too much on whether or not he actually wants to be a devil long-term. I think if he was definitely out the door, we might've seen an offer sheet this off season, but you know, sometimes that's definitely out of the question, um, based on, you know, GMs being idiots or teams not even having the cap space, um, for what he would want to sign. Um, but at the end of the day, we still have him for one more year of control. Uh, he's an RFA at the end of next season. Um, so we can do the song and dance again next year. I a hundred percent want to see him here long-term. 
Fitzgerald. How could you not? Guy's a every... fucking stud, dude. He's really He's good. Unbelievable. I think, you know, when we went for one of your drink ups for the Rangers playoffs game, I was I was just raving about him. Um and hoping that he we an extension was in the works in the near future, but obviously it never really materialized and we only got one year. Um but you know, it is what it is. Negotiations are what they are, but it seems like the Devils want him here long term, which is what I want, and there's only so much that they can do um, to make the player happy. I, I think they threw a, a bunch of money at him. Maybe it wasn't what he wanted, but that's when the negotiations are for, um, and they just didn't reach that point. Um, so it, I'm not happy that it's only one year, but we still have control. He's still like on speaking terms with the team, so to say, um, and hopefully we'll work out something in the long term. But I'm. I, at, as of today, I'm just excited that he's a devil for the next season. Looking at your team, I get a little scared of the top six. Can't lie to you. You know the the center depth is there. I was surprised that you passed on Shane Wright. Are you still are you still shocked? I have more questions, but are you still shocked about that? Part part of me is like I know Shane Wright. He was projected to go fourth in some some mock drafts, but he was just the slam dunk pick for so many years, and for the Devils to just pass over him is kind of still. It's still a little shocking to me. But is it shocking to you just because his name was out there for a few years? Before yes, the because draft? I don't follow prospects the way everybody else does. <laughs> also, I'm not the one to really ask on this. If you if you ask Greg, I think I followed up with some receipts at the end of when the season ended where I listed the devil's priority um, or what I wanted them to do with the draft. And Nemich was uh, honestly my number one pick that I wanted them to come away with. So well, you, I you got the guy. Cause I look at it. The reason I bring this up, Jeff is because I'm looking at the defense and you do, you do need like a heavy hitter or two more. Like Ryan Graves is a good player, former Ranger, of course. Uh, and Brandon Smith is also there. Another former Ranger. Great. But for the most part, it's like, I, I could see your, your defense and your, the, and goalie being the reason why you don't succeed this year. And I see like a lot of like five, four games. That's, that's sort of like the game plan, I believe for the devils, because you have a high powered scoring offense with a lot of speed and a lot of young legs. But that's like, I just don't see how you're defending or, or goalieing really. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I totally get you. I think that their game plan is, is possession. I think they just want to control the puck when they give it up, get it back as quick as possible, get it out of the zone, get down the ice, get a shot. Um, I think that the upgrades that they've made on defense over, you know, this past offseason, the year before, have been night and day compared to the roster that we used to be putting out there. If you look just in the short term, shipping out Ty Smith and getting back John Marino is a A plus move for me. Ty Smith was literally the worst defender in the NHL last season, I think, by some metrics. And the eye test definitely bore that out. Um, I have some video clips that I could definitely share of him shitting the bet out there. Um, so we're, we're going from at least one H, one AHL player to a roster, you know, top four defenseman there. Um, you also glanced, glossed over uh, Jonas Siegenthaler, who is an absolute stud defensively. The charts love this guy if, if, you're, if you're a chart boy at all um i definitely dumped a, bu a bunch on greg when they signed his extension which is i think for like five years and 3.4 million which is absolutely criminal on the part of fitzgerald uh his agent should be you know fired i think for that because it's such a good deal for that type of player he may not put up a ton of points but he's going to be so solid in the top four defensively um and i think if you go into it with hamilton marino severson and siegenthaler as your top four, and then you have some combination of Brendan Smith and Ryan Graves and possibly uh, an AHL guy up. I I am so confident in the defense. It's really just the goaltending that has been so shitty. Um, I can't tell you how many games last year it felt like we were in it, you know, for the first period, period and a half. And then you look up and, and they have like, you know, three goals on 15 shots or something like that because the, the goaltending is so god-awful. Um, cannot overstate how bad of a goaltender John Gillies is. I don't even think he's in the NHL this season. And I think he started something like 30 something games for us last year, which is just terrible. We really just ran out of options. Bernier got hurt. Blackwood got hurt. Wouldn't get a vaccine, all that bullshit. Um, so I'm just really looking forward to, you know, having some solidarity in, in the goal this year. Uh, whether it's Blackwood or Vanacek 
who I think it was an excellent pickup by Fitzgerald considering what the goalie market was this offseason. Um, so definitely a lot of holes, definitely a lot of question marks. We haven't seen these guys play together a lot, um, but I think they've improved the rosters significantly year over year. Yeah, I mean, I still think it's weird you didn't trade for Georgiev, but we're not going to get into that right now. Uh, the outsider's opinion of the New York Rangers. I think that's something a lot of our listeners would be curious about. Yeah, I, I know that you can say things really mean and hurtful right now, but I, I'm asking for your honest-to-God outsider opinion of the New York Rangers heading into the 2022-23 season. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I will always be be fair with you guys. I think I give you credit when you deserve it. Going into the playoffs last year, um, I was extremely nervous. I felt better halfway through that Pittsburgh series, and then it turned the other way. I uh, was betting, against, betting on them, you know, your, your classic bet against misery type situation, um, just to make myself feel a little better that I'll make some money if the Rangers came out on top. Um, I think you guys are extremely dangerous. Um, I don't see any way that you shouldn't be considered, you know, a playoff contender in the Metro. There's no reason you should be outside of that top three. Um, but I think you got question marks. I think the way the roster is built, you know, you saw it last year where, you know, Chesterkin had to step up a lot throughout the regular season. And by God, did he, I mean, what an impressive year. Can't say enough about, you know, the performance that he put out there. It's honestly like an all time season. When it came to the playoffs, I was honestly happy that he he wasn't exactly the same goal to them that he was. Not that he wasn't great, but I was expecting him to steal, you know, have a shutout here, steal a series, something like that. And it's more that just the Rangers kind of powered through and overcame and just, you know, by sheer will, um, almost got as far as they did. Um, so I'm afraid of them, but... If I'm comparing, you know, okay, you got this guy, I got this guy, you got this guy, I got this guy. I think when we see the ice, I'm pretty confident as the way the Devils match up with them. I think as far it's, hard, as, it's hard for me to disagree with so. you looking at the talent there, Jeff. But it's just when it comes to, to who's between the pipes is where that, that whole conversation changes. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I think that because that's the biggest question mark for the Devils and probably the smallest question mark for the Rangers is, is you know, what they're getting. Um, in goal because even you know an average or below average Sturkin is way better than anything the Devils saw um, last season. But I you know I I think if we could, if we can stay healthy, I'm happy with the two guys we've got, and I, I think we have the roster to kind of you know suppress a lot of the danger from them. Kind of want to go around what Greg was saying around the rest of the Metro. I think my flag is sort of on the Carolina isn't as good as they were last year. I don't know if the Magic has maintained train. I understand they still have like a lot of star power, a lot of young player. I understand that. I know the stars aren't uh, the bigger names, and, and ESPN would love to tell you that. Trust me. But I don't see them dominating the Metro the way they were. Obviously, the Penguins are a year older. I'm kind of a little bit lower on Washington. Can they keep doing it? I don't think they're going to make any real noise if they make it to the playoffs. Who? What's your feel on the Metro? Is, is Carolina still the team to beat? Where are we at? So, I mean, I feel like we do this song and dance every year. Obviously, you know about the, the Caps or the Penguins falling off. But even going into last year, I was like, the Hurricanes can't be as good as they have been. Like, they, they their roster is good, yes, but, I, I, you know, they add this guy. They, they don't have this guy. And then they seem to come out on top anyway. I, it, it seems to be that Brendan Moore has got them running like a real machine down there. They're just such a, a well-oiled machine. Obviously, I said that twice. Um, but just they, they play so well together. And I think that that it, when you look at the sum of the, the parts, it's better than whatever, whatever the saying is. The whole is greater than the sum of the parts there. And they're just like annoying to play against. And they have possession. They put in puck. They got goaltending, even though we thought they fucked that up last offseason. Um, and I, I think that the Hurricanes are going to be there. I think that the Penguins are going to be there once again, just because, you know, they've been there. They have you know, these guys that have played together for so long. I don't know where the Devils are going to sneak in there. It, I don't think that we're going to see a point differential between the top teams and the bottom teams as drastic as we did this past season. I think that was kind of weird how far apart these teams were and how there really weren't any other 
playoff contenders than the eight that made it. Um, that gap was so large. So I think anything can happen. You know, obviously injuries play in a lot of it. Um, I think when I'm looking at the Devils, you know, if if Jack Hughes can't do put in a full season, if Nico Heischer can't put a full season again, if Dougie Hamilton can't put a full season in again, obviously these are the top guys that I listed before. It's going to be really rough going for them. Um, so outside of that, you know, those top three, top four, whatever you want to call it, it, it seems like, you know, it's, it's kind of set already. And then you look at teams like the Blue Jackets, who had additions this offseason. What does Goudreau change for them? Um, I honestly can't tell you one way or the other what I think is going to happen in the Metro. Obviously, I want to see the Devils in that top three spot, but it's, somebody's going to have to fall off, and I don't know where it's going to come from. Uh, you and I went to the U.S. Open this weekend. Uh, shout out to us for being really cool guys, getting to do really cool things. More surprising reaction from you, the fact that people recognized P.K. Subban or the fact that literally every human being in the arena booed the shit out of Ben Simmons? I wouldn't say that the Ben Simmons booing was surprising, but it made me the most proud uh, to be a New Yorker. Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, what more do you want than, than just booing the shit out of Ben Simmons? P.K. Subban was weird that he's a person to even put up on the screen, but, you know, he's, he's a name. Uh, he's a face. Uh, when are you guys signing him, by the way? Is that uh, PK? Is that actually, you know, uh, after we trade Niels Lundqvist, we might need a professional tryout. So, I mean, come on. I know, he's got to end up somewhere. I don't know when that's going to materialize. It's called, it's called like TNT it's on Thursday ass. nights. Like, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> that's exactly where he ends up, by the way. It's not a shock. Um, I, I'm First of all, I'm so pro booing Ben Simmons is fucking ridiculous. I don't think he can really show his face on the East Coast. That's why he wants to be a West Coast socialite, and I totally understand that. Uh, how are you, speaking of uh, people who are really uh, would like to go to museums and be socialites, do Devils fans really like Dougie Hamilton or no? I think I think we like him. I think he hasn't shown up as advertised quite yet. He had a really unfortunate injury where he took a puck to the jaw last season and, and missed, like, the second month or second or third month of the seat of the year. Um, so he's got off to a pretty okay start and then just was out for a while and never really seemed like he took over that, you know, first power play quarterback type of role. The power play struggled all season, partially because it never got started, uh, partially because we had injuries and miles Wood never saw the ice for the whole year. Um, but I think overall we're, we're, proud to have him we, we are fans of Dougie we haven't turned the corner on him yet um the salary cap situation isn't at a point where we're quite pointing the finger it's like oh this guy's at fault he's the reason why we can't do this or do that um but I think he's got a lot to prove still um and hopefully he's going to take that next step he seems to want to take over more of a leadership role in the locker room or even just on the devil's social media. He's been over all, all their stuff lately, their schedule reveal, like you pointed out to me earlier. He was at the Mets uh, this past weekend. So he's been making the rounds. Maybe it's just because he's got the it written into his contract somewhere. Um, but I, I, we're still pro-Dougie over here. Well, do you think he ended up at the Met game because someone was like, hey, man, do you want to spend a weekend with the Mets? And he heard it as, hey, man, do you want to go spend the weekend at the Met? And do you think that's how he ended up there? Because I think that's a real possibility. To borrow a phrase from another podcast, five comedy points for, for that joke. <laughs> uh, the, real, the real question I wanted to ask, <laughs> and that I will ask now, uh, the, Jack Hughes is not eligible for this, but who is the guy on the Devils that is going to make New York Ranger fans go, what the fuck, this fucking guy again this season when these two teams play? Ooh, this is – I always expect – I always think there's going to be one question that I don't expect, and this is not one that I particularly had in mind. Um, my short answer will always be Nico. I think he works so hard on both ends of the ice that, you know, doesn't give you an inch either way. Um, but it's it's got to be Jesper Bratt. It's He's so electric of a player. He drives so much play. He's putting passes everywhere, putting the puck in the net, have, you know, cherry picking on the blue line and getting breakout passes at least once a game. Um, he's just absolutely dynamic. I told you that I would pay him like $10 million a year, even though most Devils fans would call me crazy. But I think that just he's so electric and 
you know, when he's not on a line with Jack Hughes or if he is on a line with Jack Hughes, he's just going to be annoying the shit out of you and you're going to absolutely hate him. I hate him already, so that's good enough for me. Before um, we let you go, Jeff, can we just laugh at the Islanders? Thanks. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I agree. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Uh, miss out on I JT mean, Miller. This is J- this is the same situation that Lou left, left the Devils in when he went out the door. Um, and I don't know. I don't know why anybody has him as, as their GM. He doesn't seem to have really an eye for the modern NHL or, or, you know, how to put a better product out on the ice. But if I was an Islander fan, I would be not happy at all with, with their offseason. Especially right after now. you make those runs and all you needed was a little bit of reinforcement and properly managed asset management to keep going, keep that window open. And then all of a sudden all goes to shit. Yeah, and you don't even have the coach that brought you there anymore. So, so I don't know what they're what they're looking at in the short term. He can't be GM for much longer. He has to retire. It has at some uh, point. Like I, I don't know. Maybe he just uh, just gets you know. Quiet, was he quiet quitting? <laughs> <laughs> he's taking on the Gen Z. Yeah, he's like this quiet quitting thing. I just go to these oh, yeah. restaurants in the South Kids Shore of Long Island. They don't want to show up to work. They don't want to work. Uh, Greg, any former uh, Yeah, Greg, any other questions for our dear friend Jeff? Were you saying any former questions for our friend Jeff? Uh, I, I think I know the answer to this. So let me let me phrase it as in the non-John John hockey category. Your biggest move this offseason that lets you go, huh, that? Really? That? Um, I didn't really have a ton of them, to be honest with you. I think Palat is probably that answer of just the one I go like, uh, I don't know if we really needed to do that. Um, but like I said, Fitzgerald is doing everything that I want him to do for the most part. I think Greg meant around the league. Yeah, I meant around the league. Oh, I apologize. Not all about you and the devils, Jeff. I apologize. Um, I don't know. The, the, the recent JT Miller deal is a little, okay. We're committing to that long-term. We agree. (laughs) They are committing long-term. Um, it's, it is strange. It's, it's... Yeah, I think I'm I'm surprised by a lot of the deals. Just you know, I think I think the stuff in Calgary, their reaction to having Gaudreau and Tuchuk leave is interesting. I think you know people are praising them for what they did given the circumstances, but I still have question marks about committing to so much that you were kind of forced into doing. Um, but you know they they have a great roster going into the season. So I, I don't know what, what it's going to look like out there. Um, but th- those were some of the deals where I was like, ah, I don't really know if they need to do all that. Jeff couldn't uh, thank you more for joining us on labor day to talk devils. Appreciate you as always. Anything you want to plug? I'm assuming the answer is no. Absolutely not. Sweet. Just go devil. Sweet. Uh, no. And all right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next week. You can follow me on Twitter at Oran Meek. Follow Greg at Bush break. Love you guys. Talk to you then. Bye. All right, without further ado, it's the end of the show, so I want to thank some NHL Insiders Club. Uh, the Niels news came out, and as Greg said, uh, we actually reported it back in February. As crazy as it is, I have the receipts. That's right, I can prove this. Uh, very strange that the Rangers did not see this coming, as Greg and I said, but I'd also like to thank people who got that news early and support this podcast and find these things out early. Uh, Adam Cassie, Adam Cohen, Adam Cortula, Adam Keach, Alex Flynn... Alex Carter, Anthony Terragata, Ben Water, Ben Weber's Bill Rattel, Brandon Lacos, Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Brian Mallon, Chris Finelli, Chris Hyro, CJ Stellwagen, uh, Conrad P. Damage, Daniel Zazen, David Aradin, David Siegel, Dennis Deitz, Darian, Eric Stagg, Garris Reynas, Gib Gartner, Cup, Gretzky, Aaron, The Fly Harris, Hasco, Pit Bunny, Nine, Halasauce, Ian Rodriguez, Ian Usher, Jake B., James Masker, Jamie Filipponi, Jamie Marquez, JD, Jamie Mack, JJ Frankie, JJ, John Hardesty, John Shea, Johnny Thundercock, Jordan, Josh Kestenbaum, Justin Freeman, Chris Florida, Chris Upberg, Lasik, Gronkowski, Lashik Gronowski, Lou Giordano, Matthew Kahn, Meatball the Cat, Neil Grover, Nicholas Nicola, Pascal Perrier, Pavel Kodra, Pearl World of Tank Gamer, Grandy Tester, Stickable Box, Flangard, Thomas Wells, Thomas Clary, Thomas, Stuart Tommy O'Neill, Tori from Manhattan, Upstate Vin, Vinny Bracco, Vinny Hay, Will Specter, and Winston, the Golden Retriever. As always, thank you for listening. It means a lot to us. We did record on Labor Day. Thank you for our service. Thank you. Uh, we're one week away from camp and I think camp is going to be a little less interesting now that Niels Lundqvist wants out. Mostly because the big story was going to be, who is it going to be? Lundqvist or Jones going in? Uh, I'll say this here because I didn't want to say in front of Greg. I think Matthew Robertson could win the job. Listen, I'm just saying. I'm kind of a Matthew Robertson truther. He's big. He's a big boy. And that matters to Gerard Gallant. 
So I do think he'll get a serious shot to dethrone Jones. And boy, will I be pissed when it's Tenorti on opening night. I will not be a happy boy. Hope you all had a wonderful weekend. Hope you all are having a great time heading into the best season of the year. That is fall. Summer is a ploy. You get trained your whole life to think you enjoy summer because you have it off during school. But it's actually hot, swampy, and miserable. But you think it's good. You think it's good. You've been tricked. But autumn, autumn is the season of greatness. Apple pie, hockey, baby. The leaves are changing colors. I'm ready to roll. The feelings, you're putting a flannel on. The ice, it's getting the Zamboni. Oh, I actually got chills saying that. I'm not even kidding. I wish I was joking. I got legitimate chills. All right. We'll be back with BSBOT on our Patreon later this week. If you're not a Patreon subscriber, we'll be back with another episode yet again next Tuesday morning. Love you guys. Bye.